and welcome to a busier than ever episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I am busier than ever. Catherine Weigel, Ooh. I am one of your hosts. So busy. I am a Tiny Habits certified coach, a Thrive Global certified coach. I've lost over 120 pounds. Wow. Kept it off for over six years, and uh, I'm very busy. Very, very busy. busy. But with me today is Donald Weigel, and I'm very busy being jealous because I've only lost about 100. Well, pounds. if you had more weight to lose, you would have lost more. But yeah, I should have. I should have gained more before to get I more lost the weight to get it down. But hi, I am hi. Donald Weigel. I am uh, one of the hosts of the show. Uh, I have lost about. 100 pounds. I'm very vague about that. Some days it's like 102. Other days it's like 95. Yeah. Um, it's a range. It's a range. Uh, and uh, I am here to talk about it. I've kept it off for five and a half years, and I am very busy being jealous of uh, you've kept your weight off for six years. Well, yeah. We're, there's, there's, you know, is it jealousy or is it inspiration? Because I think right. that's, I think no. you'd like to rephrase that. I would. <laughs> You think I <laughs> the would? The dark underbelly of Walt, where I'm like, Donald, uh, we don't I say would. that. We don't say the J, the we J word. We don't say the J word. We nope. say that we're inspired. We're inspired. I'm inspired by your achievements to try harder to achieve. But, you know, assuming that you keep it off, uh, that I will always be- like, Assuming I keep it off. six Thanks, months behind you. buddy. <laughs> yeah, but you'll always be older, so you'll uh, be that's true. wiser. That's but... also worse. <laughs> oh, can I, can, I, can I tell you what I'm jealous? Envious of? Sure. Donald, every single episode, at the end of the episodes, we're getting to the end of the episode already. At the end, Donald says, Hey, dear listener, blah, 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 words, 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 send us an email is one of the things that he says. Oh, like, yeah, but I like, do. I know some people, I don't know if everybody knows that at the very end of the episode, we do something funny. It like we wait to be funny until the very, very oh, end. Oh, the very, very, very end. The of very, the very, very, very end. Yeah. But in the, in the, in the almost very end, there's very many ends. He says, send us an email. Yeah. And guess what? One person, we've had over a million downloads, Donald Weigel. We have. Over a million downloads. Someone sent us an email. Yes, it they happened. Did. They yes, listened. They, did. they figured out what our email address was. We only look thin at gmail.com. And uh, we received a listener question. What? <laughs> An email in six years. <laughs> no, we first No, we, we get lots of emails. Yeah, I anyway, but it was it we found it, we saw it, and we said this is the one for us, mostly because they said that we were good looking. Yeah, they they emphasized how good looking we are especially for podcasters uh no she didn't say that at all but oh um, no <laughs> <laughs> but i i think that uh we we received an email from listener Kristen. we and, sure did um i think that her story is incredibly relatable and i i have gone through am going through uh continue to go through uh very similar things all the time and i think uh i think it you know people can i think our answer to this question our many answers to this question could benefit lots of people yeah so you might have noticed because we like to keep the fun in the fun venture is that a no i don't know what we keep the fun in but it's around anyway but uh <laughs> we we decided to call this episode where do we keep our fun where do we keep we our don't fun know. <laughs> we don't know. someone actually a, a medical professional asked me what i did for fun the other day and i <laughs> 
<laughs> I do not know. Of, I just, it took me a minute. You know, he was like, you know, do you do drugs? Do you do this and that? I was like, no, no, no. What do you do for fun? And I was like, I throw footballs. Uh, but no. <laughs> vacuum. <laughs> I vacuum. That's what our daughter thinks that we're yeah, we fun. Yeah, I know. Uh, but this episode, ha ha ha, everyone, is called Eat Way Love. Based on the uh, movie by the same name. Yeah, and here's here's a really fun fact. Although I love eating, I have not seen this movie. This so, is another episode of the show named after a movie that I have yeah, not seen. Eat, but, pray, love. But uh, you have seen this movie? I have seen, I have seen the movie. You've so seen this we're, movie? we're 50-50 split, everybody. Yeah, so half of us, half half of us, of us have seen this movie. What, yeah. uh, what is this movie about? Well, uh, the movie is about uh, Julia Roberts, star of uh, Mystic Itza. Isn't that what, like, the... Yes. No, it was <laughs> no, it was Mystic Pizza, everybody. It wasn't pizza. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, the thing was, like, they had me at eat. Like, right. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, okay. Like, I stopped I stopped listening after the after word eat. eat. Yeah. yeah, at the multiplex, it was in three theaters. And so I just stayed for each of the eats. I, like, went to one, saw the eat part, and then went to the other one that was starting. <laughs> it was like a row, row, row Watch your boat. the eat part again. Yeah, so. Yeah, we're big fans of the TV show Survivor, and they have food rewards on there all the time. <laughs> and, like, oftentimes, Catherine's like, can you, like, go back? I need to see them eat that food some more. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. It's, yeah. I like seeing them survive, so it's a good thing. But yeah. uh, anyway, so I know wait, there so, was... So she does eat in she, the movie? The first part she eats you in Italy... You still haven't told me what it's about. Oh. Uh, well, lots of things happen, but she tries to find herself. So she goes to Italy, yeah. and she eats some stuff, and then she goes to India and prays about some stuff. Yeah. And then she goes to, like, someplace nice and tropical? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and meets Javier Bardem. Oh, and uh, love. They, they love. But I didn't yeah. get to that part because uh, no, I, yeah, no, I, I think of him from like a No Country for Old Men. Like, oh, with, yeah, no, you just start with the love. Yeah, I mean, with, with that haircut, eat. you go so, with the eat and you stick there. Yeah, you stick with the eat. So yeah. uh, anyway, but she goes to find herself, and uh, it's a time of exploration, and many mm. women go down this path of exploration, yeah. uh, not. Everyone can afford to go to Italy for a month and then India for a month and then to Javier Bardem land. For a month. For yeah. a month. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but anyway, she does the thing. If only we could. Yeah, but but this is a journey and, and we're going to help take you on Kristen's journey. Oh, yeah. Because right now she's at the beginning of the movie where there's like the, the conflict of like, what do I do? Um, but before we tell you what to, to eat and to weigh and to love, Donald Weigel Jr., is going to actually read you her email because he is better at reading emails than I am. I'm I'm really really good at it. He's as really we good. were about to see. Um, yeah. So I uh, the email is is a little bit long, but I think it is important to read the whole thing because I think there are many uh, many details in here that I think will uh, will benefit all. Oh. All. She says, "Hi Catherine plus Donald, longtime podcast listener, first time emailer here." I'm not new to fitness, exercising, or health-related topics, but I've been struggling lately. In fact, I'm actually a group fitness class instructor. A little background about my situation. In August of last year, I started back to school as a non-traditional student getting a degree in psychology. Super exciting, but I found myself busier than ever. I was at a decent place with my weight at that time and didn't weigh myself for a while. 
Well, when I finally got curious and stepped on the scale again, I found out I was up 10 pounds from my already high end of normal weight before. Dun, dun, dun. This is like the pitch. Like, whoa, they're setting the scene. What's happening? Julia Roberts, I think, gets divorced at the beginning of the movie. So this is kind of the like, yeah. So so that's where we are. I have been in this place before, although usually it only takes me like a month to... (laughs) to get up that much uh, above my weight. Uh, Anyway, I'm working on making changes to get myself back down the scale, but I'm finding myself constantly thinking about my weight and how uncomfortable I feel in my body right now, literally thinking of it constantly throughout my day. I don't like how I look, especially certain parts of my body, like my stomach. I just don't feel comfortable with myself. That's the only way I know how to put it. I have yet to buy new clothes and really don't want to because to me, it seems like this is me accepting the weight gain and I'm a little nervous that if I buy slightly bigger clothes, I'll stop trying to lose weight. Any suggestions on how to make peace with my body as it is now? I know I can't be at war with myself if I'm going to find my way back down the scale, but I just can't seem to figure out how to move forward from here. I'm at a standstill, and I think I need a mindset shift before I can really make progress. I feel like I'm fighting an internal war with my worst critic, me. Any help or advice to jumpstart the journey to self-acceptance and then my slow and steady journey back to a weight I feel comfortable with would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, Kristen. P.S. I've listened to every episode of your podcast most multiple times. Um, so, listener, my first piece of advice is do what Kristen does and listen to listen. every episode of our podcast multiple times. Uh, you guys help me to have a better vo- have voices in my head, and I look forward to new episodes each week. Thank you very much. And she also said something about us being super good looking. Yeah, we think. We probably, yeah, she meant it. Like we read between you, lines. If you read between the lines, yeah, yeah you can tell. We just assume. Um, but thank you very much, Kristen. And we really do appreciate the email and uh, the the great topic. Um, and uh, we are grateful for you writing in. Yeah. So for me, this is super relatable. And whether anyone is, uh, in the listening audience in TV land right now, if you're up on the scale 10 pounds, maybe something has changed in your life and you sort of didn't see it even happening, uh, then I'm your gal. Uh, I am your uh, your co-pilot on this journey uh, across the eat, way and uh, love worlds. Javier Bardem is not at the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I was also a non-traditional student. Um, I didn't realize I'd gained weight until I literally gained 100 pounds yeah. from the day I started my 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 courses to three years later being finished gained a hundred pounds while I was at school, and for Kristen to come forward after ten pounds and just sort of say that she's struggling and is is trying to work her way back to healthy habits really is a testament to how quickly things like this can just one escalate and how little it actually takes to feel worse or better in our bodies. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, we have done uh, a few different episodes about trying to develop a healthy relationship with stepping on the scale. But I, I know personally that if I don't weigh myself about once a week or, or at worst every two weeks, then very similar things happen to me. I, I find myself just sort of going, oh, I'm sure I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Or if I find myself actively avoiding weighing myself on the scale, then I know that is a real red flag to me that I 
that I, I know that I'm overeating and not exercising enough and that I just don't want to face the reality of the results because as soon as I do, then I'll have to do something about it. Exactly. So we're going to go through and sort of break down uh, – sort of not paragraph by paragraph, but part by part, go through her email and sort of address the different things that are even just said in the email. A lot of times when I write things down and I see the way I write them and say them, the answer is already written in front of me. But (laughs) so I don't know. Turns out that you were also on a journey of self-discovery and all you had to do is read your own email. Exactly. So uh, she says again that last year in August – She went back to school as a non-traditional student. This, to me, says the season of change. We might think of actual literal seasons. Not sure why it's spooky. I don't know, (laughs) because I I just like things that are spooky. The spooky voice, yeah, Yeah, I get it. Halloween isn't far away. Right. Uh, They actually have started putting out autumn things at Joanne's Fabrics already. Like, Like, I I shouldn't, I shouldn't complain because I'm, I'm like the person who, you know, basically November 1st, I'm like, bring on the Christmas stuff. But for some reason, it feels way too early. Like, I want the summer to last forever right now. Me too. So for anyone who is listening, who has maybe gained some weight after some loss, or you just, you know, magically, mysteriously find yourself up on the scale, think about the season that you're in compared to where you were when and you are seeing success. So as Kristen said, she is not new to the health and wellness field. She's a fitness instructor, which is amazing. But adding on something to a busy schedule, like going back to school, is a huge season and life shift. We might think to, our, think to ourselves, and I know I did this, I'll be so busy, I'll just forget to eat, I'm sure. Right. Like, it'll be fine. It's just more of what I already have. And I know I did that when we became parents. My weight loss plan was... I bet I'll just be too busy to eat was my idea. Right. When in fact, what I did was, well, I'm in school now and I'm staying up late and I need a snack and oh, there's the break stuff and oh, I'm going to eat. Like, I don't even want to tell you all the things that I ate, but literally gained 100 pounds staying up late and studying. And I was not in the health field at the time and thought to myself, well, this is just what college kids do. They eat and they, you know, you do what you can to get by. Yeah. Being too busy to eat was never the the solution for me. And I seem to always find, find a way <laughs> to yeah, make it happen. Exactly. So again, for anyone, if you have had success and suddenly there has been a stall out in that, what changed. For me, we when I lost most of my weight, our daughter was going to school a quarter of a mile from our house. I walked her to school every day. When I dropped her off, I went for a walk. Our daughter is now in a school 16 miles away from our home. Yeah. And Donald and I, you know, give or take the day, are in the car for over an hour and a half a day instead of walking to school every day. That is a small and subtle change, but it is something that impacts our daily activity. So for anyone out there, what might have changed that you didn't even notice changed? And part of that too, as Donald started alluding to, was that getting back on the scale after time away. What canary habits. We've talked about this before. Canary habits there. Uh, we did an episode called Canaries in a Coal Mine, where we talk about how uh, back in the day when right. coal roamed the earth. I don't know. Did coal roam the earth? Coal anyway, roamed the earth. They yes. put, uh, canaries were very sensitive. Uh, they put them in the coal mines with the, with the coal miners. 
And yeah, they said the, they would send the canary down first to see if it was safe. And if your if the canary died, then, <laughs> that then, was they, a- then they knew it was not safe for people to go down there. And mm-hmm. so we refer to canaries as as little signs that perhaps your habits are slipping that mm-hmm. that you should you know try and be aware of. Thank you. I, I imagine like a if a canary comes up with its the thumb canary. up, right? Why do canaries have thumbs? Oh no, <laughs> this canary can talk. I don't exactly, know. but. Those canary habits are those small telltale signs that you have habits in place. For example, weighing in on the scale once a week, putting on form-fitting clothes that, you know, instead of stretchy clothes like I do in the wintertime, um, being mindful about the way you eat, measuring your food, not snacking directly out of bags. We have so many different things that we do that are just sort of our little, um, you know, bumper cars to keep us or, or bumpers in the way to make sure that we're on track. If I find that I'm avoiding the scale or avoiding form-fitting clothes, those are clear signs to me that I'm slipping away from my habits. So it is wonderful that after 10 pounds that Kristen got back on the scale and realized the impact of her choices. Um, But I think part of that too, when your season changes and your habits change and you just like, I forgot. Like, oh yeah, what do I do? I haven't pre-tracked. Who knew? Is that 10 pounds is a very easy amount of weight to gain. I am up on the scale 10 pounds from a year ago. And frankly, it is because 10 pounds, it's like, eh, it's fine. Like my clothes still fit. Right. Maybe things are a little more snug, but maybe it's like, oh, I'm eating more salt now. Like, oh, maybe it shrunk. Yeah, it's- it can be really tricky to navigate because, you know, for for most people, 10 pounds doesn't doesn't show that much. You know, like if you're if you're particularly tiny, it might. But otherwise, it's, you know, you can kind of like convince yourself that it's not a big deal. Yeah, and it's not a big deal until suddenly it's like, oh, these pants don't button anymore. And I was at the point where Kristen was of, okay, these are tight and I am now feeling uncomfortable in my clothes. What do I do? And this was sort of one of the big questions that Kristen had was she's at a threshold where she needs larger clothes, but she feels like perhaps that it would be giving in by buying bigger clothes. Bigger clothes equals defeat. Yeah, and I used to think that too. I I used to think that if I didn't buy the larger size clothes that I was still holding on to my belief to lose weight. And look, my my opinion on this is buy clothes that fit you. Yeah. Um it is a constant uncomfortable reminder when you're wearing clothes that are too small that that of your of your past choices and it feels like you're just punishing yourself and it, it is definitely not going to help you to stop constantly thinking about it all the time if that is part of your goal. Right. And I know for me, and it's a it is something that I have struggled with. I think very early in the podcast, I joked that the podcast itself was a way for me to stay accountable to not gaining weight. Right. And that if I got over a certain weight, again, this was like terrible half joke, half I didn't know enough at the time right of like oh i'll just wear like a wine barrel like they do in the old cartoons if these <laughs> right. clothes don't fit then i don't deserve other clothes and sure i was joking to a point but 
I was in a very different season back then. And I wasn't experienced. I hadn't gone through perimenopause. I hadn't whatever, all the different things. And I think that when we think that punishing ourselves or making us, ourselves feel bad is going to motivate us to lose weight, it doesn't work that way. It's not an I deserve new clothes or an I, I don't deserve new clothes. When you have that constant reminder of buttons not buttoning and chafing happening and tightness and, you know, spillage over things, all it makes us feel is uncomfortable and unworthy. Yeah. And we have a, a friend and World Place member, Nicole, who, uh, you know, I, I had not really thought about this before, but she keeps, I think, three or maybe four different sizes of clothes on hand, you know, because she knows that she's going to go up and down the scale depending on what's happening in her life, uh, you know, how busy she is, you know, how much work is going on, um, you know, whether it's a season of lots of visitors and, um, yeah, and, travel, you know, and travel and things like that. And, you know, or whether she's able to completely focus on her health and fitness and diet plan. And, and so I think you know, this is what I've started doing, keeping very, you know, a couple of different sizes of clothes around so that depending on what's going on, I have clothes that actually fit me. And that because those tight clothes, as we've said, it feels like I'm punishing myself. Yeah. And and that isn't a, a healthy way to to love my body and and to really focus on why I'm doing this, which is to feel better. Yeah, and for sure for me, being more flexible, I was with someone recently um, who we went to look at bathing suits and the person usually wears a small or a medium and they ended up trying on the medium and the medium was too tight. And they were like, well, I just, I'm just going to need to return this bathing suit. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you just get the large? And she was like, well, I don't wear larges. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. Like the, the, you know, Old Navy large is a human medium. Like just buy the size that fits the body that you have right now. Don't get right. tied to the number. And it was really, it was hard to sort of see that of like, no, I don't wear that. So that's not what I'm going to get. But so many of those like choices that we make thinking that like punishing ourselves is going to make us feel better just don't happen. And going back a little bit, those extra 10 pounds as well, and sort of how we get away from it is like, oh, well, the clothes still fit or whatever. Those small, we talk about non-scale victories and all the things that get better when we lose weight. Those non-scale setbacks with weight gain often happen faster then we even notice the size changing. So whether it's your legs are chafing or your muscle tone is gone or you know your stomach, you know, has more gooeyness to it or you know, I don't know what the word gooey. <laughs> it's not a brownie. Brownies are delicious and we all love brownies. But like all those little things of like, well, my my hip hurts now and it's harder to get up and my knees hurt and my feet hurt. Even with every small increment of weight that I gain, all those little tiny things come back. It's like, okay, so this happens. Like Donald, there's a certain weight that he gets to. He hasn't gotten to that in, in seven years. But when he was heavier, when he got over a certain weight, he would immediately start snoring. Yeah. Like, and then it would go away if he was one pound down. It was and, really and, crazy. And need to nap more often and, you know, have uh, be more out of breath, getting upstairs, like all of those things. 
So we've talked a bit about how those 10 pounds come back on and the canary habits that might have fallen away to get us to that point and physically how we feel in our bodies. But now we want to address kind of the mindset side of things that Kristen had mentioned. So she said that she's working on changes, but she finds herself constantly thinking about her weight and how uncomfortable she is literally all the time, 24-7. And I totally understand that feeling that you get when you get on the scale and realize what your weight is, or you realize that your pants don't fit anymore, and you kind of have this lightning bolt moment of like, okay, now I'm getting serious. Like, this is out of hand. It feels urgent. It feels present. And you put all of your energy into it. It's sort of like the same thing when you find out, like, if you find out you're in debt or your credit card is over blown or something like that where you're like, oh my gosh, okay, that's it. I'm going to get myself together. And it feels urgent. And it feels like because you're spending a lot of mental energy on it, almost like you're paying penance for the damage that you've done. You're making all these emotional promises to yourself about how you're changed and you'll never do it again. And how could you do this? Yeah. And I I used to try and bargain like with imaginary like weight loss fairies and things like I – I promise I'm I'm going to keep being good right yeah. now. I'm going to keep doing this. Just let me be thin and I will keep doing this. Yeah. Like let it just be instant and like happen right now. There was just this like horrible sense of like urgency. Like I need it to be done and over. Right. If I could just get all of the weight off right now, I've learned my lesson. I promise I'll be good from now on. And when we have that urgency of emotion to make a change – It takes a long time to lose 10 pounds. It takes a long time to keep 10 pounds off. It takes a long time to get through a college program. But when we're thinking about it on day one, it feels urgent. And it's really boring watching ice melt. Like we just stand there going like, come on, go faster. And for us, that what I see in her comments about thinking about it every single minute is we, I think we talked about it recently, the difference between ruminating and reflecting. Ruminating is when you think about your past and your choices. You're full of regret, and I should have done something differently, and how could I have let this happen, and I I thought I was over this. All these different second guessings of yourself. How, you know, I've got a podcast. How could I have gained weight? I'm a health and fitness instructor. Is This isn't motivating. I'm not going to motivate anybody with this. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And, you know, I I did this uh, for the basically the the last half of last year. It was just this very slow incremental weight gain. And I just kept saying to myself, well, okay, it's only another half pound. It's only another pound and and I can lose it. And then I found myself up, you know, much farther than I really felt comfortable doing and and had to really sort of have that, you know, that moment of I need to get back to my core habits and and make this happen. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep gaining and gaining and gaining. Right. So when you're ruminating on the past, it is not a place of positive change. It's It feels like you're doing penance or you're on parole and you've got to really like earn respect back or earn, you know, your own trust back. But what it is, is just keeping us in this negative space of I'm not worthy. I feel shame. How could I let this happen to me again? And life happens. The person that I was seven years ago is not who I am right now. 
what we can do instead of ruminating on something negative, oh my gosh, how could I let this happen? I'm a garbage person. Why haven't I lost the weight yet? Like I want to now, so why isn't it just gone? Wait for it. The alternative to that is reflection. Reflection is a neutral place where we can be, where we can look at our past choices, forgive ourselves, or at least just sort of look at the the situation and go, oh yeah, I stopped weighing myself. Oh yeah, boy, I sure did let go of tracking and I ate out of bags at night and I got a lot more fast food. Oh, it makes sense. It makes sense and I just wasn't prepared for it. Being able to reflect on past choices gives us the opportunity to decide where we are now and what we can expect from ourselves in the future. Again, this is sort of a growth mindset idea. It's not, I'm a garbage person and I'll never learn. It's, oh, I see what happened. And these are the things I can control. And this is what I'm ready to control moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And so moving on to the the kind of last section of her email, she asks us if we have any suggestions for making peace with your body as it is now. Um, as you as you continue on your health and fitness journey and, and begin to make the choices that you are proud of. And I think that um, this is something to keep in mind that there is no like switch that you can flip and just magically start loving your body. It, it is a process. And like most things, it is going to take practice and patience to do. Well, and a lot of people think that you go from hating yourself to absolutely loving yourself and ha- like, I don't know, I'm, I'm imagining some sort of like glamour shot situation where you're right, in a, right. a bath of some kind with rose petals. Absolutely. It doesn't have Cal- to- With Calgon taking <laughs> you away. Exactly. But it doesn't actually have to be like that. There are many stages in between love and uh, self-loathing. Absolutely. And some things that have, have helped me is to- uh, try and realize that you aren't alone. Nearly everyone, and, and maybe literally everyone, has things about their bodies that that they don't like. And I think realizing that, that even the person that you are looking at and you're jealous of or that is inspiring you, <laughs> um, as you wanted me to say earlier, um, even that person has things about themselves that they wish they could change. And if you can't get all the way immediately to I love my body and you you probably won't. But if even if you can't get all the way there, try to work on being neutral about your body. Like this is my stomach. These are my hips. You know, my my knees function to help me get up and down stairs to help me to sit down and stand up like I am grateful to have my stomach because it allows me to eat and digest food and like I can bend at the waist and you know like just try and be grateful for the actual functions that your body provides and and look at them in a very neutral dispassionate way right and I think that you can actually be passionate about the function I'm gonna go against what Donald said because going away from that like, oh my gosh, my stomach is gross. Oh my gosh, my hips are disgusting, which I, I have had an issue. My my hips have served me really, really well. And all I have done is trash talked them for decades. And so I'm glad they don't walk away on me because I put them Your hips speak very through. highly of you oh, and, and they don't lie. They do not lie. Ha-ha! But like looking at pictures of myself from 20 pounds lighter, 
I remember at the time being like, oh my gosh, my hips are gross. My hips are gross. My hips are gross. And now I'm like, hey, hips, how's it going? Like, you weren't so bad after all. Thanks for that. Yeah. But like Donald said, that like focusing on function over vanity really does matter. Really think about it. My hands allow me, look, oh, I hate my fingernails. Okay, well, great. You can type messages to friends on your typewriter. I don't know. Do you use a typewriter? I don't know. Um, wow. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of anything. A typewriter. A typewriter. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what humans do. But like, I'm able to see with my eyes. I can see beautiful sunsets. I can stand up. I can carry groceries. I can bend at the waist. I am a fitness instructor and I am able to help other people learn how to use their bodies well. Focusing on your function over your shape really does matter in the long run because all of us are developing and getting older and our bodies are going to continue to change as we age. And I think one of the big things in terms of the neutrality too, she didn't mention it, but that sort of shame someone might have about gaining weight, but being a fitness instructor. It's like letting go of, well, a fitness instructor shouldn't have weight issues. A fitness instructor should be a model person that isn't really human, that just does whatever. Like humanity is what makes all of us. And understanding that seasons change and body function changes and need changes makes you more human and approachable to the people that you're working with. People appreciate Appreciate honesty and vulnerability and being able to show up as you are working on yourself is really important. So let go of the like, hey, I'm a garbage person with a trash stomach, everybody, and I'm here to inspire. Like, that's not where we come from on this. Being able to focus on functionality, like Donald said, really is an important start toward loving yourself because, gosh, you've been with yourself your whole life. Like, that's pretty rad. (laughs) Almost. almost No, but like thinking about like little pictures a little a little Kathy back in the day Kathy Nicole uh back in the day when I was a kid like wow these are the, the same thumbs that that little kid had like yeah. would you go over to that little kid and be like you're a garbage kid you old kid you yeah wouldn't. no I certainly would not you would not <laughs> <laughs> um another thing that has really helped me uh was when I and it may sound it, it may sound obvious but it it really wasn't is that you don't just hit a goal weight and then stay that one number the rest yeah, of your like life. Like I used, I used to think people would hit like a particular number on the scale, and then that was just the number that they were. And realizing that it is not only okay, but that it is going to happen. You are going to go up and down within a range, no matter how uh, vigilant and you are at sticking to habits. Um, and it's happened to me, you know, I, I've gone, my, my range is, is, you know, 20 or 25 pounds up and down in the last five and a half years. And, uh, and being okay with that and realizing that, you know, different seasons are going to bring different weights on the scale has, has really helped me to adjust to it. Well, and different, those different seasons really do matter because what you might have been able to expect of yourself when you weren't going back to school is different than it is now. And this season might be a season of, is this how much energy I'm ready to give to the situation, given that I'm in school and I'm working full time and I'm doing whatever. Maybe right now this is a get my habits back together, you know, work on losing weight, work on portion control, work on pumping up the volume. But maybe it's, you know, I'm going to see how this plays out through this season. 
I graduate in a year and a half. That's an opportunity to pay attention to what the season looks like then. Are you going to start a new job? Are you going to be interning? What challenges does that present? And the more we look at it as a particular time of our life instead of, well, I've hit this number and that's what I'm going to be forever. That's not how our lives work. And the more we're able to adapt to the season we're in and pay attention to those habits that make us feel our best, it's not necessarily the number on the scale that does it, but how we're feeding ourselves, how we're moving our bodies, how much mobility we have, all of those things matter in any season of our lives. Absolutely. And another thing that has really helped me is to ask myself like why it really matters that I look a certain way. I used to think that if I didn't have a perfect body that I was somehow failing. And it, it's a cliche, but we set unrealistic standards for ourselves all the time. And like I realized I don't need to look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like I just need to be able to move effectively and not constantly feel miserable. So I've tried to make this about feeling good, like doing intentional movement because of how it makes me feel, working on my eating plan because of how it makes me feel, and not focusing on, you know, trying to be an underwear model someday. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And, you know, being in a position, at, you know, and part of the growth that I think I've gone through in the last number of years is I don't know what my end goal is. There's not like this one version of myself that exists in the world. I'm a complicated person who likes food and who likes movement and who wants, you know, new challenges in her life. And with each of those new challenges that come my way, having the mindset of it, of, of being able to adapt and adjust and realize that sometimes like getting to the lower end of my range makes sense for that season. Our daughter is in school, you know, at a distance for another year. For the next year, I'm going to be driving, um, you know, for an hour a day each way. Yeah. And that will change at some point. And at that point, I'll have the opportunity to discover what my new habits are and my new norms are. You finally can like write that symphony that you've been dreaming oh, of because you'll have, have all of that free time. For sure. But doing it from a place of having clothing that fits, having some habits in place that you feel good about, and knowing that you're doing your darn bestest. I know it's uh, – that was big. Those were big swear words <laughs> big from, adult, big from adult Kathy words. Nicole. That's right. Of like, it actually matters to care about yourself when you're investing in yourself, and you don't deserve to be to treat yourself like garbage and be like, like a best friend, like, oh, my clothes are tight. Okay, sweetie. Well, you don't deserve bigger clothes, so just suck it up and fit into those, or just cry. That's fine. Like, you would never say that to anybody, and so you don't need to say it to yourself either. Yeah, and and just two more two more things. Ooh, I wonder we, how many uh, more things before I have. we officially wrap up. Ask yourself if you're looking at things in your social media or online or, or following in um in you know Reddit and things like that. Ask yourself if you're following things that are making you feel bad about yourself. Yeah, and just stop. Just unfollow. Stop looking at those things because I know that that can be a big influence on on you know hurting people's self image is is following those things. And then lastly, I think it is important to ask yourself, how would you talk to someone you love 
if they were being mean to themselves about their body? Like, have you ever said to somebody you love, like, I would love you so much more if your hips were smaller or if your stomach was flatter? Like, imagine how terrible of a person you would be if you ever said something like that. So try and remember that if you're, you know, you love yourself, you're trying to love yourself, you're trying to love your body. So talking to yourself in mean ways about it is is not going to help you get there. Yeah, if we look at like inspiring leaders of the world, it's never, you know, like, well, this person died today and their hip circumference was a 38 and they're like, right. you go based on their accomplishments, how much they've inspired those around them, how many times they have gotten knocked down and gotten back up again. I know it's cliche, but it really does matter in the big scheme of things. We are here here to care for ourselves and to love other people exactly as they are, as they're working on themselves. And we don't cheer people at the end of a race exclusively. We cheer them all along. And I can tell you when I was at my highest weight over 120 pounds ago, that didn't come from a place of self-loathing. That came from a place of love. I cared enough about myself to brush myself off, to assess where I was in the moment, decide what I was ready to take on, even if it wasn't ideal. It was what can I do with the body I have right now and the resources I have right now and adapt and adjust in small and consistent ways to make that difference. And working my way down the scale proves to me as every challenge comes my way that I am adaptable and I am worth loving every step of the way. I am not where I want to be on the scale right now. I have half a dozen non-scale setbacks, like literally like my legs are chafing in a different way and my arms are softer than I like them usually to be. And some of my habits have, you know, fallen by the wayside a little bit. And it's not, okay, well, you know, guess what? We're going to shut down the podcast until Catherine loses that that 10 pounds. Like I'm showing up exactly as I am. It's hard, but it's worth showing up for and not being like, you know, well, I'm just going to go to a village far away for five months until <laughs> right. I, you know, you know, lose the weight that shall not be named. I'm here showing up and fighting for myself. And what is more inspiring to your fellow classmates and the people that learn your fitness routines than to show up authentically every day and show them that no matter what your setback is, that you can show up as yourself. No matter if you have 10 pounds to lose or over 100 pounds to lose, showing up is seriously such a huge victory. And showing up here today and listening to this episode and working through these problems really shows that you care too. And I like in all seriousness, we really are in this together and showing up and being vocal really does matter and having clothes that fit matter and having a mindset that you are worth it every step of the way matters too. Thank you so much for listening and uh, well said, dear, and uh, we are grateful for every one of you. And, uh, you know, like Catherine said, uh, showing up and listening is is really important and it's really important to us and, and we appreciate you doing that. If uh, you enjoyed this episode, you can find all of our episodes wherever you found this one, and uh, we're on all of the major podcast platforms, and you can also find them anytime, all of the episodes we've done for the last five and a half years, on our website uh, 
any time of day at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on that link for join our support group and find out more about Walt Place. We Only Look Thin Place is our Facebook-based accountability group for women. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for accountability, check-ins, whatever your plan you're doing, tracking calories, intermittent fasting, Weight Watchers. We are all inclusive, but so many of the struggles that we face have nothing to do with the kind of calories we eat, but more about mindset. And we are here to support one another. I also do Zoom meetings, one-on-one check-ins. So please check it out on our website. We have two subscription options, a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven day complimentary trial to see if Wolt Place is right for you. So check it out. And you can also interact with us on social media. We are at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can do what Kristen did. And uh, thank you uh, so much again, Kristen, for sending in your email. We we really appreciate it. And we hope that you, uh, you got something out of this episode and uh, hope that uh, a lot of others did as well. Um, I, I would I would like to think they did. I think they did. Um, and uh, you can email us just like Kristen did to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, as you've just seen, we've uh, taken a lot of listener emails and turned them into episodes of the show. We also answer questions there. We appreciate compliments. Uh, so you can reach out to us there. Once again, that's weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Yep. And if you have an extra minute and can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. Not only does it let us know that what we're doing matters, but it also helps others find our podcast too. We generally can only see the US of A uh, comments and star ratings, oh, yeah. but uh, but I know that also we, we got a note about uh, some, some additional posts in Canada. We got an, another five-star review, uh, so thank you for that, for leaving those. We, we try to find them when we can, but we can't see all of the different uh, ones in the world. Um, but it really does make a difference and let us know that what we're doing week after week, year after year is making a difference. So thank you so much for uh, for taking time to do that. Yeah. And the more ratings and reviews we have, especially on Apple Podcasts, the, the more uh, we show up in search results when people are looking for uh, podcasts like ours. So uh, we really appreciate that. And we also really appreciate it if you just tell somebody about the show. Word of mouth is one of the best ways in which the show grows. So if you're in a conversation, if you know somebody that you think uh, might benefit from the show, or if you're, you know, in a Facebook group, a Reddit group, a Discord server, you know, something like that, that's uh, health, fitness, weight loss related, and you give us a shout out, that really helps the show grow and we would be grateful. Yep. So if you are pretty sure that the first part of Eat, Pray, Love is about Julia Roberts smelling what the rock is cooking, <laughs> just remember that Donald and I are... And Kristen are... An inspiration Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.